Let's get it. Let's, let's get. Do it. Let's do the awards. We're gonna hop into our NBA awards. A lot of these are going to be, you know, made up awards, and some of them are gonna be for real awards. But we're just going to have some fun with it. Kick us off with the first award. All right, so my first award is the on-court in-range award, and this is more for kind of, you know, the role players. I knew you'd like that. It's for the role players. This is for the guy, you know, who comes in off the bench, and, you know, he's just looking to shoot, man. He's trying to get in rhythm of the game. If, if, they're all, if, if he can see the basket, odds are he's going to put it up there and shoot it. So my nominations are Dario Saric. I've probably seen him shoot about 1,000 threes off the bench, and I think I've maybe seen him hit five. So Saric made the cut for this award. Alonzo Trier, he just gets buckets off the bench. You know, he's he's all about he's Trier shoot, is one of my he shoot first, ask questions last. And I mean Trier can fill it up a little bit. So he's a nomination. Sterling Brown for the Bucks. You know, he's another guy. Once the Bucks are kind of resting their guys, he got a little bit more playing time and he's always looking for the shot. I mean, even in the playoffs, the little minutes he was getting, he was always looking to put up shots. And the last one is Kent Bazemore. I mean any Hawks game you watched, I don't know how how many Hawks games y'all watched, but I watched just about every single one of them. Bazemore is only looking for the shot. There was multiple games this season where he was 0 for 10 and 0 for 12, where he could not score, where he could not get a shot and didn't even get to touch the floor in the fourth quarter, and that's not even starting. So he's a shoot first, ask questions last kind of guy too. And, Brett, who are you, who are you uh, picking out of these nominations? I'm not even going to pick a nomination. I'm going to pick an, an, a dark horse. Okay, I like it. Brett... Brett's going a little uh, off the nomination list here. I'm going to give my award winner to the on-court in-range award to Alonzo Trier. You know, okay. the Knicks didn't really have a whole lot, and I thought Trier made the most of what he had. So got to give it to him. He's the he's the first-time winner of this award. Last year, my winner was Etwan Moore because he played like – his, his, uh, he played like 22 minutes a game, I want to say, and was still in the top 50 in the league in shots attempted per game. So hmm. each one more last year. Don't worry, go. a good one. I'm going to go with Curry, brother. I'm going to go with Seth Curry okay? because it's his job to come in and shoot threes. He has to live in the shadow of possibly the biggest brother shadow of all time, mm-hmm. and he does well with it. And I think that he, he played great in the playoffs. Great. Awesome. He actually made some threes. And his one job this season, which was kind of new for him, was the Blazers, the entire Blazers organization, team, players, teammates, everybody was like, you're going to shoot the ball if you feel like you want to shoot it. And he completely took that role and embraced it, and I loved it. So Seth Curry is my winner. Boom, Seth Curry. I like that one. I should have had him on the nomination list, so I don't even know why I didn't TRP, man. Yeah, great role player right there. Next award is the Turnover Waiting to Happen Award. And this is a guy, you know, who gets in the game, gets a little too excited, gets a little ahead of himself. This is another kind of role player award. And so, and once again, Ken Bazemore is a nomination. You know, Bays, I hate to pick on you, man, but you got some nights where you go in the games and you're playing great, and you got other nights where you just can't get off the court quick enough. So, Bazemore is a nomination there. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, he missed a good bit of the season this year, but. Seemed like Boogie was always up to no good every single time he got yeah, the ball. Always for sure goofing around one way or another. Tyler Johnson, he's another one of those guys who gets the ball, gets a little too excited, might uh, forget to take a dribble, get a traveling call or something. And Austin Rivers, you know, it felt like Austin Rivers every single time he gets the ball, he's got to prove that he can do something with it. So. Austin Rivers is my least favorite two player of all time. Austin Rivers is one of my least favorite players of all time, but I'm actually gonna pick, gonna give this award to Austin Rivers. Baysmore got lucky once again, but. Uh, he, he lucked out of missing out on this award for another year in a row, but I gotta, 
I got to go with Austin Rivers, man. I just felt like watching the Rockets games. I mean, Austin Rivers makes one basket, makes one good pass, and after that he wants to go with it every single time. And, I mean, it, Mike D'Antoni saved his career for him, so Austin Rivers. I'm going to go with a superstar pick for the turnover waiting to happen, and I think that I hate to go off your nominations again. It's all good. But the only reason I want to do this is because it got to the point in this season where you started noticing this aspect of this player's game more than the great aspects of this player's game. And it's not to say that he, like, is a bad player, but Russell Westbrook... I knew you were going to say that. ...was turning the ball over at a ridiculous rate mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Like, it was, like, so obvious that his mind was moving too fast for the game of basketball, even though he sometimes moves too fast for the game of basketball and it works for him. He needs to slow his pace down. This guy was literally just throwing himself into the paint and they were stopped they stopped giving him some fouls that definitely were not fouls because he was just throwing himself in there and he was getting a lot of turnovers so i mean this guy was a turnover waiting to happen by definition so i think that i'm going to give the superstar pick although he is to his defense he has to handle the ball a lot that was the only reason why I didn't yeah. nominate him. Yeah, he has to handle the ball a lot. I understand that. You could have nominated your boy James Harden, too, with that. But I'm not going to say anything about that because he does score 36 points a game. Yeah, well, the, so, top, the top five players in the league in turnovers are, like, five of the best players Yeah, no, league. for sure. Yeah. For sure. And the only reason I pick, Russell Westbrook, pick on Russell Westbrook like that is because it seems to be more evident that he's a turnover waiting to happen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Fair enough. Um, next up is the Gets Too High Before the Game Award. Obviously, J.R. Smith won this award last year after his infamous uh, dribbling the clock out when the game was too Not high. as quite a clear-cut winner this year. Yeah, but J.R. Smith didn't get as many minutes, so my first nomination is JaVale McGee. And let's be honest, JaVale McGee sometimes when he's in games can, great. Be, can be the highlight reel. Then other times, JaVale McGee, you know, he's dribbling the ball down the court, Jackson throwing Ford. somebody a pass that goes 10 rows back in the stands, you know, so... JaVale McGee, he's all over the place. I got him on there. My next one is Brandon Ingram. I don't know if y'all have seen Brandon Ingram's eyes during games, but they're practically not even open 80% of the time. So I do think he's perma-stoned. Yeah, I have a I have a theory about that. Yeah, so, I mean, Brandon Ingram definitely is on there. Um, my third nomination, obviously Lance Stevenson. It's kind of funny. All three of these guys played for the Lakers, and they're all nominated on this award but I mean Lance Ron was getting his teammates high as hell yeah we we know we know how Lance Stevenson does so he's got to be on there number three number four I'm on Shumpert I mean Shump has to be on there I don't know if y'all remember or not but when the Shump and uh J.R. Smith were in the finals a couple years back on the Cavs and they were on that good morning America thing and he's like he's like wait I'm on good morning America he's like man my mom loves good morning America (laughs) that moment was Probably the highest moment in sports history. It's got to be top five. I might include it in a clip to run it back on my Instagram story because that, dude, they were so obviously stoned. Like it didn't, there was no if, ands, or buts about it. They were stoned. Like they were, they were stoned. Like that video is so funny. Like that is the funniest video I think of all time. Dude, I know what a high kid looks like. I know what a high dude looks like. And that, those were two high dudes. 100%. 150%. So my winner of this award, I'm going to go with Lance Stevenson. I just feel like his antics, you know, dancing Lance, playing the guitar and everything. Javel, last year, Um, last year I picked the, I picked J.R. Smith and Cohen picked JaVale. So I would give it to JaVale, but he's already kind of a winner of this award, so I'm going to give it to the new guy here with Lance Stevenson. See, 
I'm not going to give it to Lance Stevenson because I feel like Lance St- Stevenson is gener- generally high on life. And if you, <laughs> yeah, he's high on life. If you listen to my podcast last episode where I interviewed Mike Shaw, he said his favorite player that he's ever met was Lance Stevenson. Which That's is pretty hilarious. cool. He said he's not like a jokester or anything. He's just like a genuine dude. So I think he's just high on life. But I'm not going to pick Lance Stevenson. I am going to go with a nomination here, and it's going to be Brandon Ingram. Look, this guy sometimes plays great, sometimes plays bad, but I think he's permastoned. He definitely looks like it. Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't know for facts, but I think he's permastoned. And I'm I'm not even going to say anything about his play because I'm going to be honest. He really impressed me when LeBron got out for an extended period of games, like when he was mm-hmm. hurt. Ingram played great, so I'm not even going to say anything about his play on court. I will say he looked high as shit all the time. And I think for that reason, I don't want to say he got too high, but he definitely got high. So he's going to be my award winner. Fair enough. Um, I, I, I like He got I, high every game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like Lance is the same way. So, I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong. Honestly, any of those nominations are more than, more than good to win that award. So JaVale McGee's won at about six out of the – yeah, that's what I'm saying. Lead, JaVale, so. McGee, JaVale McGee is a vet. He'll be retired from that award. I like this next season. award. The next award is going to be given as a testament to really just arguing the re- arguing with the refs. This is the never committed a foul award. The nominations are Andre Iguodala for the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors, LeBron James for the LA Lakers, and CP3 for the Houston Rockets, Thomas's team. I know my winner. I'm going to go ahead and say it. CP3 argues like wow. a little bitch. He does. All the time. He does. And it literally has gotten worse and worse with each passing year in his career. He used to be like a put-your-head-down grinder. Mm-hmm. And now he like literally cannot go to the cup without turning around to the ref and like throwing his hands up. Getting a tech. I mean, this guy was getting tech after tech this season, and like he's never gotten that type of rep. But like, it. I don't know if James Harden and him have he's this rep that are just pissing him off. I don't know, dude. He needs he's to. old. You know, CP's play fell off a little bit. He's he needs to take a nap, cranky. dude. Yeah, they need. They need to tell Dan Tony to put him down for nap time at five o'clock every day. I mean, he is an angry. Like, I don't want to say angry little man because he's two inches, three inches taller than me, but. He's an angry little man for the NBA. Oh, absolutely. CP to see, he's a tough one for me, but I feel like CP3 more so just talks smack to the other players. Not as much as the refs, but I mean, he definitely does get into it with the refs for a good bit. And he's on the, uh, he's on, he's in the Players Association too, you know, so he feels yeah, he's like the, it's his Isn't job. he the president of the Players Association? Wasn't he? Yeah, he was one. I don't know if he is anymore. No. No, he was. It's some random player. Yeah, I, I can't remember who it is now. Oh, stat guy, stat um, guy. Oh, Just go I, ahead and I say your say award. I Malcolm Brogdon. No, now. go ahead and say your award. But my award winner it actually is, is it's Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, uh, but my award winner is Andre Iguodala, actually. Andre Iguodala, I swear, if you ask Iguodala, he has never committed a foul in his 10-plus years of the only thing the I ha- The only issue I have with that is a lot of the times, look, I'm a big Andre Iguodala fan. Like, I, I respect too. the hell out of him for what he does because – He's a very talented player, and he spent the last portion of his career in which he could have been compiling stats. Yeah. He chose to win, and he chose to be that role player, mm-hmm. and I admire him for that because he's 
real player. TRP. But anywho, a lot of the times, his hands are nice, man. He knows what he's doing with those hands, and he definitely does not foul a lot of times that he gets called for fouls. Uh, no, he gets all ball. He's a great defensive player, but anytime there's a foul called on him, he's arguing with the referees. In his book, he's never committed a foul in his career. So You might not have. i got to give it to Iguodala. <laughs> hey, if you asked him, he's never committed one. So i got to give it to Iguodala. He is my nomination for that award. Cool. We'll move here now to the best teammate award. This one's a little bit more serious than the other ones. Uh, I put Iguodala in there solely because of after what he said about Curry's legacy, after, after a good catch right there, that... Um, he, you know, he wanted to save Steph's legacy when he hit that three-pointer. And, I mean, he took, like you said a second ago, he took the step back and chose to win instead of compile stats. So I mean, this I was that, a every day also, yeah. or every season also. Yeah, I mean, Iguodala was one of the probably top 15 players in the league, and he chose to take that step back. So I got Iguodala right there. I put Rudy Gobert in here because, you know, he anchors one of the best defenses in the league, and, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for it. And he it. cried. Yeah, and he could care less about it. I mean, he was obviously a little upset. I mean, all right, all right, he was upset about it, but at the same time, like, you know, he still goes out there and does his job, and, I mean, he's one of the real tough guys in the league. I'm, I'm I feel just like kidding. that, you know, you his, call the dude that – What? Dude, you're throwing out things that I don't know if you're joking subtly or not, but, like, we just mentioned the fact that he cried, and then you were like, he couldn't care less – about not getting that part. That part was a joke, but though he he, he is a tough guy. He is a tough guy. I mean, obviously he, he did French, he didn't he's cry, but he's though, French. yeah, but he's he a Frenchman. Yeah, he is a, he is a tough guy though in the league. So I got Gobert on there as one of the best teammates. Got Kyle Lowry on there. Lowry had his worst season of his career since like since like his second year in the league scoring the ball. But his assists also went up so much, which is a testament to him taking a backseat to Kawhi and these other guys and letting them take over the also, offense and pass. Big time <laughs> offensive charge getter. Oh, that yeah. means you care about the team. Yeah, and, and you know, like don't we said, care about Lowry's yourself. always jumping around on the floor and yeah. everything for the loose balls. So I mean Vince Carter next. And then obviously Vince Carter, the last one. Vince Carter literally plays still because he loves basketball so much. And he and loves helping out the young yeah, kids. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what he loves to do. Like he he literally said, Why would I want to go get a ring if I didn't earn it? I'd much rather help these young guys in the maturation of their career. And I think that makes And what's so cool about that is he would still be earning it. Because mm-hmm. he would probably still be making some big plays. But like he wanted to be the the man. I think that you left somebody off here. Who who did I leave off? Man, I I think I, I'm feeling like you left somebody off. And I'm thinking that person is going to be Damian Lillard. Okay. I like because that Damian Lillard puts the heart and soul of the Portland Trailblazers on his sleeve. There's no reason that he should be so happy to be in Portland. In Portland. So I think that, you know, sometimes being able to take the back seat to C.J. McCollum when C.J. McCollum was on is so impressive to me because this is when we go farther down the list, we're going to talk about the Russ and Dame rivalry. One issue with, I think, Russ a lot of the times is he doesn't know when to set, put himself aside and let the other guy go. Yeah. And I think that that hurts them a lot in the playoffs. And I think that. For example, when the Trailblazers were in their playoff push, there was a couple games there where Damian Lillard was not playing well. Yeah, like Game and 7. Yeah, he was not playing well against the Nuggets in Game 7. And he decided to do other things like get his teammates involved, you know, take those charges, you know, get his teammates involved or involved and completely take on the role as facilitator, even though he's a natural-born scorer, because C.J. McCollum was taking the load off his shoulders. And I think that that... 
is a great aspect. I think you know every, all his quotes point to him being a great teammate. All the quotes about him from players around him point to him being a great teammate. The fact that Rodney Hood, who is a talented scorer in this league, has never been able to find a home until he came to the Portland Trailblazers and played with Damian Lillard tells me all that I need to know. I think Damian Lillard is my best teammate award winner. And I think that this guy's just got that, like, the culture fit for every team. Like, he is the recipe for a good teammate. I like, I really like that one. You know, you made a great case for it. And I don't know how I didn't think of Dan when I was doing my nominations, but. Do you like the Vince Carter one? You know what? I'm going to, as much as I want to go with Vince Carter because he's a hawk and everything, I'm going to give this one to Gobert. And you know what, Rudy? I'm going to give you a little bit of the respect and a little of the love you deserve. You I'm know, sure you he's going to really team. appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> the role players. And, yeah. I'm sure he's going to listen to this podcast now, but Rudy, I'm going to give it to you, man. I respect everything that you do and how you go to battle and lock everyone up on that defensive end and defend the rim like you do and everything. So I'm going to give Gobert the best teammate award here. All right, let's 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 uh, keep it moving here a little bit. And this is one of my favorite awards, the Too Much Drip Award. This goes for the guys who are rolling up to the game wearing the – got the most swag, the best outfits, best shoes, you know, all of it's factored in here. I thought that – um I thought that uh, the League Fits uh, Twitter or Instagram account did a horrible job of doing their uh, first team, and they're all drip teams. So this is my uh, players' the best drip. I mean, I put Kelly Oubre on there. I mean, if y'all see what Kelly Oubre is wearing these games, he's always got on some crazy. He's got to be on there. Russell Westbrook as well. I know a lot of people hate on his outfits and his style and everything. I think it's kind of cool how he wears something that's different from everybody else. And I mean, he's you only see Russell Westbrook wearing what he is. He's a true fashion icon, so he has to be on there. Um, also got P.J. Tucker on there. I mean, <clears throat> what shoe doesn't P.J. Tucker not have? There's, not? there's no way anybody has a shoe that P.J. Tucker doesn't. It just doesn't happen like that. I mean, him and James Harden, they're rolling up together. Players say when they go to Houston, they have to wear their best outfits because they have to live up to what Harden and Tucker are rocking that yeah. day. So, well, and that's my other guy is James Harden on I'm there. going with off the nomination again. All right. I'm going with the guy that we're not going to get to see as often. The retiree, Dwayne Wade. This guy is the king of style. He is the king of style. He is the swaggiest player in the NBA. I think the fact that he, dude, he brought in the like the the suits that every player wears. He brought it into play. He is the swaggiest player. He is my pick for best drip. The too much drip award is Dwayne Wade. He goes to Paris for fashion shows, dude. Like he doesn't care. The only other players that do that are actually nominated, Russell Westbrook and Kelly Oubre. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. He was just on the on the runway rocking Versace stuff. They made this nice. like, outfit Ooh, and everything like just it. for him. So. But I'm picking him because this is last, last year in the league. I'm going with him. I think he's the swaggiest player in the NBA. I really do. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I've always been a fan of Dwayne Wade simply because. And he went with cornrows last year. What are we talking about, dude? He brought it back to cornrows. What do you mean? Kawhi's been rocking them. Oh, Kawhi. <laughs> he also is wearing New Balance shoes. Yeah, there ain't no way Kawhi's making all this list. But, you know, I'm, as much as I want to go with James Harden for this award, I can't do it to PJ. I can't betray you, PJ. PJ's already, got, PJ's already got too much recognition. He's the defending champion. I got to give it to PJ Tucker. I mean, nobody's got the swag PJ Tucker does. Nobody. So that's who I'm going with on this one is PJ Tucker. Keep doing your thing, PJ. Next is another more serious award here. Mm. We have the Clutch Award for this the is most a tough clutch one. player. So 
Obviously, Kawhi has to be on there. I mean, he hit the first tr ever true buzzer beater to win a Game 7. I mean, he put a whole nation on his back to win a championship for them. So, I mean, there's no way you can't not have Kawhi Leonard on there. Um, next nomination is Paul, is Paul George, playoff P. You know, Paul George, you know, before his shoulder fell off, I mean, this man was ice cold hitting buzzer beaters and everything to send games to overtime to win games. I mean, there's probably no finisher you'd rather. There's a point in time in the season where Paul George is probably one of the best finishers we had seen. Um, Got to have Klay Thompson on there. I mean, in elimination games, Klay Thompson averages seven made three-pointers. I mean, we saw what he was doing in that third quarter of the finals before his knee got destroyed and his ACL was torn. And yeah. then the last one is the shot, Damian Lillard. I mean, he broke social media for about a week after hitting that shot, just like mm -hmm. Kawhi did. I mean, one of the most – I think Kawhi's shot and Dame's shot were the two most, like, unforgettable moments from this season. Yeah, from the season. When he turned around and waved him goodbye. I mean, I got – you FaceTimed me right after. I had chills. Yeah. I couldn't – chills. Although, I will say, bands. I don't think it was as clutch as it was in your face. Maybe we could add another award later on next year, but, like, in-your-face moment. Like, that was that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as much clutch because they were up 3-1 in the series. So I'm going to half. I'm going to have to lean towards Kawhi. Although, the second up, with, just because he tore his ACL, I think that he didn't get the true run at this award that he was going to get, was Clay Thompson. He was playing great. He was literally about to will them to a win. He's about to drop I, I truly, 50. I truly do believe he was going to will them to a win in that elimination game, and I think that it just didn't work out in his favor. Awkward bounce, awkward jump, tore his ACL, exploded his ACL, then tried to come back out, which more credit to him, more power to him. But Kawhi did this thing, man. I mean, every clutch shot that he hit in the playoffs was magnificent. I wish that he would have pulled that game six or game five. Was it game five? Game six. What when the when he was leading the comeback and they called the timeout? It, you, yeah, yeah, that was game five. Game five. Yeah, yeah. The Nick, the the nurse timeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game. I wish he would have shot the last shot because that was a really good moment for him. Yeah, but instead of the Lowry side of the backboard. Yeah. Break. <laughs> Whatever, man. It yeah. is what it is. But Kawhi is my pick. I don't know. I, are you going to go different than this? No, nah, I'm not even going to waste yeah. time elaborating. I mean, it's Kawhi yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I'm not a Kawhi. Y'all know from listening to the podcast that I can't stand the way Kawhi sits game out. But, I mean, I'm not going to deny Kawhi what's his. He's the most clutch player in the league, no doubt about it. I'm, yeah, I'm not even elaborating yeah. on it. Next yeah. up is the – look, these may not be – I did. I tried to leave playoff stuff off this just because that it's more so the regular season, yeah. you know. And so, I, I mean, we've already given Kawhi an award for that shot, and yeah. that was the, probably one of the – Best moment yeah. nominations. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, so I didn't put any of those playoff moments on here, but I mean, it would either be, it'd be the Kawhi shot at one and the Dame shot at two. Yeah. But for the regular season, I went the best moment. I mean, that Wade can't bang, can't bang pick it, man. Buzzer can't pick it. Buzzer beater versus the Warriors broke a fat parlay that I had. <laughs> broke yeah. a fat parlay. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one to swallow mm. right there. Fat one. It was a fadeaway bank shot that it, broke it, a it, fat. I don't know how he put that in there. A still fat this parlay. Yeah, he he has to know. Like I stopped watching the game because I thought the Warriors were winning. This mm -hmm. I thought they were done. I thought it was over. They got the rebound, and it was like six seconds left. And I was like, "All right, yeah, we're good." I like move aside, walk downstairs, walk back up, and then I see this replay of Dwayne Wade hitting this ridiculous shot. So I'm not gonna pick that one because he broke my parlay and he broke my heart in the process. Hey, fair enough there. 
Next up, we got Dean Rose drops fifty. I mean, yeah. that was one of the that was an distant emotional moment for any sport. That'll bring a grown man to tears. Absolutely. I mean, it, it gave me chills. That was one of those chill moments. Like that's that was one of the reasons why I love sports, right there. It gave me chills in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Harden game winner versus the Warriors. I mean, that he that didn't he, make sense. He got hurt at some point in that game. Came back, sent the game to overtime, dropped fifty, had the triple double, and hit the step back in Draymond over Draymond Green, Andy Iguodala as they knocked yeah. him to the floor at the buzzer. I mean, that was one of the coolest That shot shots. didn't even make sense. Yeah, that, that shot was insane. You did it from like 30 foot, too. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. But coming up with the last moment from the regular season was tough. There's a couple Paul George moments I went on there. Oh, I mentioned this on accident. I had to go with the net. Yeah, you did mention earlier the D'Angelo Russell buzzer beater on the way to the Nets coming back from down 20 points in the fourth quarter to beat the Kings. That game ruined a fat parlay I had. I had a huge bet I had on the net, on the Kings that night. I remember. I also bet on the. I remember. I, I was, also bet I was on the like, Kings that oh, night. Oh, we're good. And then somebody texts me, "Yo, go check the score." I'll pull look, pull up my phone. I'm just like, bro. Dude, I also right. bet on that game. I'm pretty sure I bet on that game. With you, maybe. Yeah, I think we both did. I think you might have been the one who brought it to my attention because I was driving back from somewhere late, and you brought it to my Sorry, attention. Bro. You're like, "Yo, this game's my close." My bad. And I I think that, oh, man, that was. Bullshit, but <laughs> I can't help but love D'Angelo Russell. That ice in my veins thing was so sick. He was like, yeah, like when he we did it the first time too on the Lakers. It was in the dude, summer league. He was like, just not given a damn. Mm-hmm. And I love that moment. I think that was. I thought that was the moment where I was like, damn, the Nets are for real. And now the Nets are super for real. So yeah. I'm not sure on this moment. I'm gonna just go with the D Rose moment because it was incredible. I think you know. To see the interview, the 50 points is one thing, but the interview on top of it is a whole nother thing. The interview on top of that entire 50-point performance was like, brought it all together. And his emotions were just incredible. It was, he was getting MVP chance in a different stadium. That's when you know, when you're in a different arena getting an MVP chance, that's when like... And you're not an MVP candidate. Yeah. That's when you know you've done something in your life. I like that one going with the D-Rows. Um, You know, I couldn't go the whole award show without picking James Harden for something. So okay. I'm going to have to go with the Harden step I respect back shot. That. I, mean, I respect at least that you admitted your biasness. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was the best. I thought it was the best moment personally. I mean, that game was so hype watching him hit that shot and everything. Get up and, t- and talk a little smack to Draymond. Had to love every second of that without Chris Paul. In Golden State, getting the victory, so you know it's a, it's a tough decision, but I I definitely got to pick that one there as my best moment of the regular season. We'll move here now to the last award, and you know this one has some I think I think it's there's try, there's some a little humor to this award as well. So it is the best rivalry award. So obviously I got to go with Rockets Warriors. I mean we know what kind of rivalry that is. How That's your pick. The last couple of years. No, I'm I'm saying all the nominations. Oh, you're not I haven't said okay. my pick yet. No, Rockets Warriors. I mean it's a great rivalry. I mean obviously the Warriors run it in the playoffs and the regular season. Actually, the Rockets are are six and two against them over yeah. the last two regular seasons. Right. But in the playoffs they own them, and so. This next one's my pick. I think. Um, Damian Lillard versus versus. Uh, I almost said Russell Wilson versus Russell Westbrook. Um, we saw how they talked smack back to each other all regular season, where it was Russ rocking the baby. You know, they got into it a bunch of times, but in the playoffs, Dame ended up having the last laugh, waved him goodbye as he sank the 40-footer in Paul George's face. One of the coldest moments. It was a bad shot, and, though. <laughs> hey, Dame's range. It was a bad shot. Dame's got that. He's logo Lillard for a reason. He's got range from everywhere. 
Um, my next award here is, or my next nomination is Ben Simmons and Jared Dudley. We saw them get into it a little bit over Twitter, those post-game interviews, and then at the um, end of the, or again, I guess it was, what was that? I guess that was game four where they, they had the little brawl between them where Embiid got hard fouled and they, both teams got into it and whatnot, and Dudley got ejected, and so did Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So, and then, I can't pick that one. I can't, I can't, even though I like it, and I understand why it's there. I just can't pick. Let's put it this way. It's embarrassing for Ben Simmons and his biggest rival be, in the yeah, league is Jared, Jared Dudley. Dudley. Jared yeah. Dudley. Then the last one is the Lakers and LeBron. I mean, we saw what all those trade rumors did. I feel like that's just, team that, that should be like a third piece to it, though. Like the Lakers versus LeBron versus... Magic Johnson like the Lakers, Genie Bus versus Rob Polinka. Yeah, like there's a whole that one's loaded. Let's just do the Lakers whole the Lakers versus the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers versus the Lakers. (laughs) The Lakers versus the Lakers was the best rivalry this season, which is crazy. No, but in all seriousness, I'm gonna have to go with the Russ versus Dame thing. This was not only a rivalry, but it was pure entertainment. This is. For one, the Trailblazers were running that series from start to finish, and Russell Westbrook was so fed up with it. Like, he was so butthurt about it. And Damian Lillard let him hear it every step of the way. And then, to top it off with that disrespectful shot, like, this is... Damian Lillard wasted probably 10 seconds. Yeah, when he was dribbling the the ball, I was like, like, dude, what is he doing? He knew he was going to shoot that long-ass 40-foot jumper to win it. Or attempted it at least at very minimum, and if he made it, he knew he was going to wave. Like that was so premeditated. He low key should have got charged with a crime. Because <laughs> like he that was premeditated as hell, and he did not care. Yeah, let's put it this way: Russell Westbrook should have changed his uh, father on his Wikipedia page to Damian Lillard. I don't know how nobody. Shot. I don't know how nobody did change. <laughs> yeah, honestly, normally that okay. happens. Yeah, and the funny part about it too was the Thunder were four zero against them in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, the Blazers knocked him out that easily without. Can we mention that without Nurkic? I mean, it was crazy, but. That's going to wrap it up. That's going to wait, wrap wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. I'm actually disagreeing with you on this award. Oh, are you? For the sake of this I thought of for the sure awards you would agree. and what they're supposed to be. Are you going to do LeBron or I'm Lakers? I'm going the Lakers versus, versus the Lakers, man. I do like the Lakers versus the Lakers. I, just, I think. Yeah, you know, like, it's just the Lakers. Like, they come just completely fell apart in the most Lakerish way. I mean, it went from them being locked in LeBron in playoff mode to him passing the ball in off the backboard to blowing up Twitter to them getting nobody to them missing the playoffs. You know, the Lakers that a end, complete dumpster fire. I do they, think it was of all injuries LeBron James could have sustained, it was a groin injury. I just think it was kind of comical. The whole entire Lakers season was comical. Like, everything from start to finish. Rob Polinka is a psychopath. And that's all we got to say about that. And that's probably... Are we done? Yeah, and when I uh, post this uh, podcast link on there, I'll do like the little poll questions where y'all got all the A, B, and Cs. I guess for the ones where Brett picked players who weren't on there, I'll take off somebody who's probably on the bottom out of all the nominations and throw the people that you picked on there so we can have everybody on there. We'll see if the people agree with us and whatnot. Yeah, so I am done with with the awards. Rather, I do have one last award to give. The best offseason award that goes to the New York. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. I'm sorry. We're sorry, Nick. All right. R.I.P. Stephen A. Smith. But that's going to wrap it up here at the Role Player Podcast. If you stuck along this far or stuck around this far, 
I'm glad to have you. I hope you enjoyed the awards. Probably didn't even listen to them because you probably turned it off about 25 minutes in. But if you're hearing this, do follow my man, Thomas Penland at TP3 something. And <laughs> what is it? Uh, on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Hot Takes with TP3. And continue to listen. If you have any feedback, hit me up or Thomas. Doesn't really matter. Give it to both of us. And that's it. We'll see you next time.